I want to start first with a, a little story. I, I, I've been planting grass at my house. What an experience that's been. Haven't done anything like that for years. In the last several years, it's been sod, sod, sod. Bring in the sod, instant grass, get the sprinklers going. But I had over 10,000 square feet just around my house and then an acre of ground out there. It's like, I can't do that all in sod. Calculated the costs, like, uh, nope, it's going to be planting grass. So I kind of turned farmer almost just a little bit there. Well, you know, we ended up having a tractor and a disc and ran disc the ground all up, the weeds up, pulled around, got the weeds all gone, looked out at that pasture, at that grass, and all the way around my house finally, and it's just that nice brown color of dirt with no green, no weeds. It's the ground has all been prepared. Then there was a little bit of waiting and a little bit of waiting and waiting on the sprinklers to get finished and, and the irrigation to come in and weeds started to pop up a little bit and I thought, oh, that shouldn't be a really big deal, but it was. <laughs> Had to end up taking care of, of those weeds first before we could plant the grass. So one more time over, over everything to get it ready. And then I can go out and scatter all of the seed out there, plant it, water it, and watch it start to, start to grow up. One side, I did an incredible job. The, uh, the other side of the pasture, not so good. Got in a little bit of a hurry over there. Left a few of the little tiny, tiny goat heads. Yeah, that's a bad idea, wasn't it? There's little tiny goat heads. That, they looked pretty much harmless, and I thought, surely, if I get that grass planted, it's going to take over those goat heads. Yeah, you're right. Bad idea. One side's clean, one side I have just grass like crazy, on the other side the goat head started to take over. I went out, even some in my lawn, I went out, you know when those goat heads are babies? Just little teeny things, about an inch around, a couple inches around. They're just frail, little cool looking little leaves on there. And then they get one pretty little yellow flower that pops up. <laughs> when they're in that stage, and there's plenty of moisture in the ground. The roots are only about that deep. It is so easy to bend down there, pull one of those little things up, look at that little tiny root, the cute little white or yellow flower, and just toss it away. If you don't take care of it then, give it a couple of weeks. And it's, it's not huge, it's just about this big around, probably about three inches around, and it's got a couple of those yellow flowers showing, and I went out yesterday, and, and I decided to pick some of those out from around the house. I'm down on my hands and knees, and I reach and grab one of those guys, get, kind of get it bunched up, and then squeeze to pull, and ow! Already at this size, they have got those Ouch, those goat heads, those thorns, those pokes. And not only does that hurt like crazy, but it leaves a mark. It puts like a little bit of poison in there. So it hurts for a long time, not just a few minutes till you get it pulled out. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. How many have run through a field like that with a bicycle? <laughs> it fills that tire so full of holes that you have to have a new tire. You can't just replace the, you put a new tube in there and it just pokes holes in the new tube. 
I can tell you what else it does. We put new carpet in our house when we, when we moved in there without taking care of the goat heads out there. No, not in the new house. That was in, that was in our double wide before the new house. And every time somebody would walk through that pasture, come up into our house, they would plant some of those in our big thick carpet that we put in there. So you could go walking through there barefoot and have your Christianity and faith absolutely tested. Which, <laughs> Not only was it in the field, it also poisoned the house. And then have it in the bottom of your foot. It's like, okay. You know, I think that what we have just experienced with church camp is like a complete renewal. And when you just give your heart to the Lord, it's like complete, re like you have really that ground has been tilled up, it has been harrowed, it has been raked, the weeds are gone, it's at a fresh field. And I'm just telling you that when you walk through that field and you see a little weed starting to poke up, those goat heads, if you can get them when they're an inch tall, when they just get started, if you will recognize them as something that will hurt you later, it will bite you good, and just pluck that out and get rid of it. Man, life is so much sweeter and easier. We got a clean, fresh start. See, it's the young man when he was preaching the gospel up here. It's like, can we give our life to, to God? We ask Jesus to come into our heart and lives, and we're lighter, we're clean. That field is weed free. Now it's our responsibility when he shows us and identifies a weed that is starting to grow in our lives, that while that thing is tiny and easy to pull, pull it out and toss it away. Are you with me? Yes, yes it's examine. We've been washed, wiped clean completely. The slate is clean. We're walking light. We're walking free. Just take care of the weeds. Take care of the weeds. Don't let them grow up. I'm telling you something else that I, that I discovered. The areas that are well watered, out there where the sprinklers are really working good and, and it's, it's stayed really moist, and th those weeds are easy to pull up, even if the root gets a little deeper, recognize it's a wood. If it's been well watered, the ground has been well watered, you can still, it takes a little bit more of a tug. It's not just a, you get a hold and you pull it up and the root will come out. If you let the ground get a little bit dry and hard, all you do is pull the top off of that thing, poke a hole or two in your hand, and pull the top off, and the weed stays in. It's like, it's like, oh, there's got to be a lesson in this. Oh, I got it. You know, it's by the watering. Say we're washed by the water of the word that we keep that soil moist. That we. Keep it easy to pull the weeds because of the watering of the word in our lives. The washing and the watering of the word keeps the soil. Now, if we let that soil, if we go without praying, if we go without reading our word, getting into the presence of God, it's like it can start getting really hard. And there can be a weed there. Reach down to pull that weed out, it just pops off. So from the surface, it still looks good. But there's a root under there that's going to have to be dealt with. And in order to deal with that, 
we're going to have to end up getting the ground moistened up, softened up. Christie started a garden. We built some of those above ground boxes, garden boxes. Every day she's going out there water, hand watering. Next year, if we, we, we do this now that we've done the experiment with six of those boxes, uh, next year we'll put water to them. So all we have to do is flip a switch or set a timer. But for now, she's watering every one of those boxes, running around with a four-prong fork and keeping the ground stirred up with those uh, loosened up so the weeds just come out really easy. It stays well watered and stays stirred up, tilled up, we'll just say, to ground. That's what we need to do in our lives is stay in the Word of God, stay in prayer, and then He shows us the weeds and then they're easy to pull out. Okay, there's the story. Now we're ready to get into the into the Word of God here just a little bit, but I think there's a life lesson in that right there. If, if, if we will keep the soil tilled up, if we will keep it moist, it's easy enough to get rid of the weeds and the roots. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I would like us to turn now to Luke, the 10th chapter of Luke. Now you guys, part of what happened last night is there was like a commissioning for the city, if I understand, right? I stayed there for the first part of it. Was, it was talking about faith and hope. And it's like, well, it was really amazing. In fact, I would like to just recap a little bit on that faith and hope. How, how Jeff explained faith was, was pretty incredible last night. He said, you know, faith is, is believing. Like, faith is believing. I always thought I wanted to go to Australia. And then I realized I don't like flying that long at one time. So I'm maybe not so crazy about going to Australia anymore. But Australia, first, it's believing that there is an Australia, a place to go to. I can look at the pictures. I can hear some of the stories about Australia and say, yeah, I believe that there is an Australia. I've seen the pictures. I've heard people talking about yeah, there's an Australia. So that's like faith. It's believing that there is something, that it exists. All right? Okay, the hope is there's a strong hope that someday I could go to Australia. Then I found out how much money it costs. And it's like, oh, wow, that's a, that hope is out there a ways. But it's, it's still a hope, a faith and a hope. hope. How am I doing? Good. All right. The things hoped for. Oh, wait. Faith is the things. What was the other half of that? Substance of things not seen and things hoped for. Evidence of things. Yeah, hope. Hope. Okay. Everybody kind of got that? Or at least I created some confusion so you'll look it up for yourselves. In Hebrews. In Hebrews. Jeff, you should have been here, dude. Okay, we're going to start reading right here. Jesus, this is Jesus talking. There, there, there are some things that, um, I'll just say, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. I say 70. He appointed 70 other uh, missionaries, disciples. Let's call them disciples. He appointed 70 other disciples and sent them 
two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. You guys were commissioned to take your cities, to take your school, to take your cities, to go preach the gospel, to share the good news. Jesus said to them, as he is saying to you this morning, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. You guys are the laborers, right? All right, say it with me. We're the laborers. Here we go. You're commissioned to go. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Go, sheep, go. Carry neither money, bag, sack, or sandals. Greet no one along the road. This is where I want to really stop and camp. Greet no one along the road. The fourth verse right there, chapter 10. Uh, Luke chapter 10. Carry not bag. We're not talking about, I'm going to talk about greet no one along the road. It's like, now why in the world, if we are his messengers, if we're the glory carriers, do we greet no one along the road? You ever thought of that before? Has that ever been highlighted to you before in this? Yes, you have. Diane, you're making a really scowly face. Yes, I thought of it. I don't like it at all. Oh, but let me just elaborate on that. I felt this morning as I was, as I was reading that, it's like, oh, okay. Because what happens along the road? When, when we have this, this call on our life, when the mission is we're going out, we're going to share the gospel, we're going to preach the kingdom of God, we're going we're to set the captives free, greet no one along the road. We're on that road, and somebody stops to talk to us, like, like rabbit trail. Rabbit trail right here. Big distraction, possibly, has just happened or just taken place right here. What could that distraction be? It's like, okay, you have a mission, you have a focus, just go do it. Go do it. Go speak to the lost, whatever or however you see that or wherever you're headed. But if there's a distraction, that can be one of your best friends that says, man, let's... Where are you headed? What are you going to do? No, 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 no. Man, I just got a new car. I got a Mustang convertible. Jump in here. Let's go for a ride instead. It's like, that is one huge distraction that will take you down a rabbit trail away from the calling on your life where you're called what you're called to do and the direction that you were headed can instantly be derailed. And sometimes it's really difficult to get back on that track because that takes you over here, then over here, then over here. And it's like, where was I headed? Are you with me? Another distraction even can be you leave camp, you, back, you go back home or you go back to school and your older brother says, you did what? Oh, that's lame. You don't want to do that. Oh, that's, that, that's crazy. And, and the peer pressure that's put on you by somebody rather than you going right to the calling, fulfilling the mission and where you were headed, all of a sudden you've been distracted by somebody that say, oh, that, man, that's lame. You're, you're perp- no, no, no. Come on, man. We want to go do this. This is what's really fun. This is what's really cool. Are you with me? It's making sense. The distractions that can be along the way. If somebody, even, uh, I, I know I've, I've, I'll just take for example, when Christy Lynn wanted to 
her, the desire of her heart was to finish school early and to go to Bethel. She wanted to get to Bethel, but people were saying, what? whoa, 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 why do you want to go there? What? You can't finish school online. You've got to go through school. You've got to graduate from high school. You can't do this virtual and just finish it online just so you can go there. No, this is... Lots and lots of chatter along the road before you get to where you're called to go. Are you following me? It's like, okay. Don't stop and greet anyone along the road. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on that house. If not, it will return to you. Peace to this house. Peace to this house. For about the last three years, it's something that I have had such a heavy focus on. It's like the peace, that peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart, will guard your mind, and that we can find peace in any situation if we're carrying the peace. If we're carrying within us the peace. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And where is the kingdom of God? Where is the kingdom of God? It's in us. We are the carriers of the kingdom of God. And if we're carrying the kingdom of God, we have within us what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let's say that together. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What is righteousness? Boy, it's really quiet. I, I need to get a hearing aid, so I think you say. What is righteousness? Right standing with God, living in a place that you're right standing with God. So as we practice righteousness, we are practicing those things which are important to God, which keeps us, brings us in right standing with him. That's practicing righteousness, living righteously. Righteousness, peace, Joy in the Holy Ghost. Seems to me like it could be almost like a teeter-totter with, with peace is the, like the fulcrum, the, 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 the thing that holds it all together is the peace. You know, we have righteousness over here. We're, we're living righteously, sometimes pleasing to God, living in right standing with God here. Righteousness, and there's joy in the Holy Ghost over here. Sometimes there's just so much overwhelming joy, and sometimes it's, sometimes it, it, it's almost a, a, a struggle seeing ourselves as righteous, but there's a balance in between that is that peace of God which surpasses all levels of human understanding. And we have to have that peace. Not anxiety, not uh, even not a peace 
that the world describes, but a peace that surpasses understanding, guards our heart, guards our mind. That's the peace of God in our lives. Now, can we be in the middle of, a, of the of the big virus thing that's going around and still have peace of heart and peace of mind because we know who we are, we know whose we are, and we are the righteous sons and daughters of God. Having to realize that those that are practicing righteousness are sons and daughters of God. Those that are practicing sin are sons and daughters of disobedience, or in one place it's even called sons of the devil. It's like righteousness, right standing with God, where we have peace in our lives and the joy, joy, joy in the Holy Spirit. And the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on that house. If not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. It's like, oh man, but I have a fairly discriminating palate. You're telling me that I'm supposed to eat whatever they give me to eat? For the laborer is worthy of his wages, so don't go from house to house. I just feel like that, that there, <laughs> there's kind of two sides to that verse. One is, eat whatever they give you, no matter how humble the household might be. But it's also, accept the blessing and be blessed when they want to bless you and pour into your life. Does this make sense? Sometimes we have more difficulty. I can remember the first time we met Dave and Diana. Renee and I were going to a movie. And those guys were standing beside I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to pay for their ticket. I paid for their ticket, and he stepped up there, and he goes, what, 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 what are, what are you doing here? He said, we're the ones. I never met them before. This was just, we were just at a movie theater, and I just felt compelled to, to buy their tickets. I didn't know who they were, where they came from, and I bought their tickets, and, and then we ended up getting to meet them. And I remember Dave saying, I'm the one that does this kind of stuff. This is weird for somebody to do this for me. Sometimes it's difficult to receive the blessings that he has for us, it requires a whole nother kind of humility for us to be able to receive from others. It's like, yeah, that's something that I have, I've been accustomed to. I'm used to being the, the one that throws down the credit card stuff to, you know, to, to buys the meal. And, and the other day we went to dinner with some people and before I, I just had my wallet out and he already handed the card. I said, I was planning on it. You just receive the blessings. Stop. So God has blessings for us that we need to sometimes humble ourselves to be able to receive. Because otherwise it's, you know, it, it's a pride or a false pride or even an insecurity on our part to think that we have to be the ones always. Are you with me? Yes. Receive what he has for you. Receive what he has for you. No matter who it's coming through or from. Renee and I were in, were in Mexico one time and in a very humble, humble little house. And she goes, and, and, and this lady, she looks at, she has something hanging up on the wall. And Renee goes, oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. And she went and took it off the wall and gave it to her. And she said, no, 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 I can't take that. Said, yes, you have to take that now. You're going to completely hurt her feelings. You're going to insult her now. You have to receive that. It's just like, 
oh my goodness, when somebody so that is very, very poor takes something precious to them off their wall and gives it to you, be blessed. Just be blessed. Receive it and be blessed. Remain in the house eating and drink such thing as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such, eat such things as they set before you. Heal the sick who are there. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now what's the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And where does that live? Where is the kingdom of God? It's in us. So if you go next to somebody and tell them, hey, the kingdom of God has come very near to you, it's a decision that they make as to whether to receive it or not. And Jesus said, if they receive you, they've received me who sent you. We are kingdom carriers. We are glory carriers. And we come into someone's presence. If they don't receive it, don't lose your peace over it. You just take your peace, kick the dust off your sandals, and walk to the next place. Whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say the very dust of this city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near to you. You chose to reject it, not receive it. I don't feel that rejection because Jesus said, if they reject you, they have rejected me. I'm the one that sent you, so just walk on. There's somebody else that he's going to direct you to that wants to hear the good news and wants to receive and wants to accept what you have, what he has for them through you. You're commissioned to share that good news. I'm going to skip down to the 17th verse. This, this, I think this is really cool too. 17, when the 70 returned with great joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That is pretty cool, isn't it? They went out, he sent them out, they came back, they gathered, they rallied back. They came back on Sunday morning to gather together and share the good news, share their testimonies with one another. That's just like when we do treasure hunts. We send out, we, we, we go out, we do the treasure hunt, we come back and share with each other what happened, all of the really cool things. This is what Jesus brought them back. He's gonna, so they're saying, oh, wow, this was so cool, Lord. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'm just trying to, it's like, Jesus speaking to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. It's like, wow. It's like Jesus was before time began with the Father. He saw, he experienced when Satan was kicked out of heaven. But I think, I think, you know, it says, 
you know, Satan, the prince of the power of the air. We're not necessarily talking about heaven, we're talking about first heaven. We're just talking about the power of the air that we, the, that we get to, to experience here. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I think, as I was just envisioning this this morning, just like him sending them out, them coming back, and <clears throat> him being so proud of what his disciples, what this 70 had done and what they had accomplished, exactly how he had commissioned him and how he had sent him and they were really excited and he said to them I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven and I believe that in this case he's talking about I've given you authority to trample on serpents and all of the evil things and all of the power of the devil and the enemy you have that authority and I saw you in what you were doing just kick him out of heaven he, he fell like a star like a shooting star because he has no authority over you I gave you authority over him are you hearing me he has given you authority over the enemy the little evil nasty things like scorpions and serpents just representing the demonic realm and, and what's what is being represented as the devil's as the devil's bunch the devil's little little demons you have authority to step on them, to tromp on them. And you won't be hurt because he's given you that authority. So what he was, to me, what he's saying in this passage right here is I saw you guys just kick him off what his throne, his stance, his perch, kick him right down to heaven and stomp on him. Just like on a serpent or a scorpion or something, you stomped all over him. In that hour, oh, no, 20. We want to go with 20. Nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. You will spend eternity with me, the Father. Just about ready to close here, but... Um, demons are subject to us in your name, Jesus. And Jesus is just confirming that. He said, oh yeah, oh yeah. I saw you kick Satan off his perch and you just stomped all over him. He has no power, no authority over you. Nothing can hurt you when you're in my name under the power and authority that I've given you. Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and you've revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. It's like, who has he chosen to reveal himself to? You, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. John 14, 20 says, <laughs> Those that 
love me, I will love them, my Father will love them, and I will manifest myself to them. So we, the carriers of the kingdom, of that righteousness, peace, and joy, are sent out to share the good news of the gospel, to bring the peace of Jesus to a hurting world that needs peace, a world filled with fear and anxiety that needs the peace of God. And if they receive that peace, you have an opportunity to minister, an opportunity to pray for, an opportunity to lay hands on and let them just experience the power of God. For the kingdom of God is a kingdom of power, not just words. We are to put our faith not in the words and wisdom of men, but in the power and authority of God. You'll find that in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, 2, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 14, and chapter 4, verse 20. All of those things that I just said, I don't have time to drag them up, but if you're taking notes, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, and 1 Corinthians 4 and 20. It's not a kingdom of word, but a kingdom of power. Kingdom of power. It's not man's wisdom, it's God's power. So, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, and you guys, we're all called to be the glory carriers, we're called to share the peace of God. To go out and share the peace of God and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's do it.